Welcome to Risk in Business, the Advent Iron podcast. I'm Ellie Hurst. There's no doubt that one of the sectors hardest hit by the changes forced by COVID-19 uh, is the events sector. Uh, face-to-face events at the time of recording this podcast are, are impossible. And although we have a roadmap to leave the latest lockdown, there are no guarantees about anything when it comes to you know, how we do business in the future. When it comes to security, both uh, physical events and um, information or cybersecurity events have all been heavily impacted and we've had a year of online events, um, I feel, with varying degrees of success. I caught up with um, our own uh, events coordinator, um, Olivia Lawler-Blackburn and uh, Roy Cooper and Liz Lloyd of Professional Security Magazine uh, and the Security 20 events, as well as Pelham Row. Um, from CTG intelligence events, amongst other things. Um, Olivia runs um, the events here for Advent IM. She's new to the industry, and so this is a really challenging period her, for her to be learning a new industry without the um, comfort of being able to attend events and meet people. Um, so we're just going to have to wait and see what happens for her in the post-COVID security event landscape. Liz has worked as an event manager for over 17 years, Uh, in the security sector for over 14 and for professional security magazine for more than eight. Um, It was here she was instrumental in developing the um, Security 20 events alongside the MD Roy Cooper, um, along with organising the Women in Security events, um, as well as CONSEC, the Association of um, Security Consultants. That's their annual conference and um, exhibition for members. Roy's been in the security industry for nearly 50 years, starting in 1972 as an apprentice alarm engineer and working his way up through a wide range of channels and roles. Roy is very well connected with the uh, electronic side of the UK security business and as the managing director and co-founder of Professional Security Magazine um, that was established in 1990, he of course works alongside Liz on the Security 20 um, events and the Women in Security Awards. He's a member of many of the security associations that we know and love, such as the Security Institute and the Worshipful Company of Security Professionals. And alongside Liz, is very well known for his charity fundraising activities. I'm Pelham Rowe, who's an international conference director and analyst with experience both in international private industry and the UK civil service. His various interests in public policy on the local and international stage, as well as business management. Previously, his academic studies focused on political economy and history at the London School of Economics and political science. And amongst other things, Pelham organises and hosts the CTG intelligence events. Our chat was about what happened to these events in the last year and so far in this year. Was great change foot already from what they had observed and what do they think the future holds? We recorded it via Teams, so there are some audio challenges. And at one point, I did actually have to remove a duck from outside my window. So please bear with us. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining me. Um, I know you're all going to have lots of opinions um, to share with everyone today, but I just wanted to kick you off with one of mine. Um, First one being, I felt that there's over the last few years been a real proliferation of security events, you know, to the point where I felt like I I could go to a a different event every week, particularly in the cyber sector. Um, But in the run up to um, the the first lockdown, so lockdown one, um, there seems to be the beginning of a rationalisation of those uh, security events. What do you think? 
Well, yeah, let me uh, let me pick up on that then, Ellie. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that there are more and more events that have been happening. Um, it's been a slow progression over the years, to be fair. And, of course, Uncle Covid, as I'd like to call him, put a play to that, put end of play to that um, last year. Um, the problem is, I think, that um, a lot of people turn up to these events, a lot of companies turn up to these events and think, this is easy. I could do this. I don't need to pay people to do this. I could do this. And then, as a consequence, put something on, and it's a disaster because yeah. it's not that easy to to achieve. You know, you need to have a reputation, you need to have the contacts and the connections, and invariably that. But of course, the problem with that is, is that they put their snout in the trough, shall we say, um, and and of course they've depleted you know the, the the money that's around for us to run run more events. So um, so I think that's the biggest issue is that people think, well, this is this is this is the answer. We can do this and then actually fail miserably, which, of course, brings the whole event scheme and the whole event world down because people think, well, these events are just there's too many of them and they don't work. Yeah, I can see actually Pelham is uh, nodding furiously there. Well, can I can I caveat my uh, fierce agreement uh, by saying I've got a bit of imposter syndrome here because, you know, when I started with the BBA and the circuit magazine and all, all, all of my events, I looked towards the professional security magazine, uh, you know, for advice and help. And I remember uh, there was, uh, uh, you know, a couple of great people, TJ and Ryan. Uh, I don't know if you remember them. They, 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 they helped me in the beginning. And of course, Mark Rowe, big shout out. Uh, he's got the same name as me. It's obviously tribal. Um, <laughs> but, 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 yeah, but, but yes, in, in fierce agreement, because I am an events person first and something else second. I never, ever put myself out there as anything other than a person that does events. And I think that's very important because there's lots of imposters and there's lots of, as, as you know, Roy just said, uh, internal stakeholders of a company that think, whoopee, I'm going to do it for myself. I don't need a, a vendor agnostic event. Yeah. And, and then they, they realize that, in fact, nobody wants to sit through three, four, five, ten hours of getting pitched by their company. The, yeah. the only areas of security where that actually works is something uh, like the, uh, you know, the, the cloud data services where you must sit through it because you don't have a clue what's coming down the pipeline, right? Yeah. That's, the, that's the only area or maybe, maybe some sort of systems integrator uh, event. Other than that, people wake up and go, why am I spending money on this? I could put it on myself. Wow, this is difficult. And then they go back. Uh, so, so, so that's my long-winded way of saying, Absolutely right. I agree with you. Yeah. 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 How about you, Liz? I can see you nodding away there. I, I think a lot of people as well completely underestimate how much work goes in prior to an event. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I've always said probably we do 80, 85 percent of the work beforehand before mm -hmm. we actually get there on the day. Um, and that's where all the the expertise and the, the fact, you know, I've been doing this for 15 years. So yeah. um, it, that's where you glean these things from. And, um, and people completely underestimate the effort that actually goes into making a successful event. Um, and it can be damaging. As Roy said, people put events on without fully understanding what they have to do to make it work. Mm -hmm. And then it damages it for everybody else because mm -hmm. it's events a bad name. Yeah. <laughs> The other problem we have um, is that other there are some other event organisers that don't actually tell the truth about numbers 
you know. <laughs> some of the big expos, <laughs> some of the big expos that we again. will not, yeah, some of the big expos that we will not mention the names of who are, who are very visible, not, uh, not, not, not one of them, not one of them, but some of the big expo companies, uh, they claim to have 10, 20,000 people, and then somehow you mysteriously get a glimpse of the entire delegate list, and there's 1,800, and you're like, yeah. come on. Yeah. And also, Absolutely. some of the big companies think that they are so big that they can take liberties with logos. Like, yeah. and, 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 and again, there is one that definitely doesn't do this, but others l would borrow the Met Police's logo, and yeah. they borrowed the United Nations logo, and nobody would be like, hey, how'd I get that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so that's the other issue that we've got is, is people that... Um, that are portraying that they are something that they're not just because, you know, that, and, and then of course what happens is people spend their money, they turn up and they're highly yeah. disappointed because they haven't yeah. had a return on their investment, you know, um, but that absolutely. damaged the, the events. Um, yeah. And we tend to yeah. get tarred with the same brush. That's the, yeah. the, the sad thing. Well, I can give you a perspective from um, a delegate or um, a speaker and I know that sometimes I go along to events, I'm invited to, to speak at an event and, you find you're expecting, you know, an educational event and, you know, there's going to be loads of like really interesting stuff. Um, it's going to be very well thought out, very well planned. And sometimes that's not the case at all. After you've sat through, you know, 20 sales presentations, maybe some little bit of a random cloud, 15 minutes thrown in at the end or tagged on or somebody talking about ransomware. And you just, I feel like well, I'm really careful. I screen the events that I'll go and speak at very, very carefully for a variety of reasons, but I don't want the advent brand attached to something like that. And so you end up feeling a little bit like John Lydon at the end of the Sex Pistols saying, you know, ever feel like you've been cheated? The thing is, is with any event that you put on, you have a number of people that you've got to deliver a return on their investment. And their investment might be as a delegate, just their time. But mm -hmm. they've all got to go away and say, that was the best thing I've ever done. And I'll go there again. And if, you know, if you're satisfying exhibitors, but not delegates, or you're satisfying delegates, but not exhibitors, then you're going to fail all the way. But, mm -hmm. um, but unfortunately, there's, there are some out there that don't actually understand that. And it's all about revenue or whatever it may be. Um, mm -hmm. And as a consequence, you know, it's, it's a show that, uh, that it's just failed miserably and tarnished the reputation of the rest of us. So, uh, well, I was going to say, this is my favorite topic and I'm not allowed to talk about it most of the day or most of the week because the the audience actually want to see us all play nice. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> Absolutely. And, and and the thing is I'd love to tell them what they what they've just done to themselves. Yeah. I'd love to, I'd love to tell them. Uh they they've paid 2000 pounds to attend a, a very high level Wiffly Waffly conference when in the same building next door there's an amazing free conference. Yeah, I, I'd love to tell them that, but the industry yeah. wants us to play nice. Uh, yeah. But anyway, this is a cathartic podcast, so you know, I'm 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 I'm, I'm happy to to do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling a bit like a therapist at the moment. <laughs> I need a help, Telly. So what happened anyway? I mean, what happened to our events? Uncle COVID turned up and ruined everything. Or did he? Did he ruin everything? I was going to say, well, Uncle COVID did ruin everything, unless you adapted. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and and I mean that's that's business in general, not just events or whatever. You needed to adapt and change. And those that didn't didn't go anywhere, and those that did will, will come out, you know, singing at the other side of it. So so we we had to get on and, and do a virtual event, which was a very difficult thing to pull off, as as you know, you saw it. 
It took, okay. We was anticipating doing it in a month. It took three months because it was yeah. very difficult to do. Yeah. However, our normal shows have 300-ish visitors turn up. We've had 17,500 go to the virtual one. So, yeah. you know, so <clears throat> turn on investment for those people that, that were into that. Obviously, it was, was intense. And then, of course, last night, the Women's Security Awards, which is normally a lovely dinner dance, as you know, Ellie, you've been there. Um, in London, obviously we couldn't do that because we couldn't. We've got social distance, everybody. So, so we went virtual, and hence taking the opportunity of the Belfry here of their facility because they've been clever guys. They they could turn one of their exhibition rooms into a studio. So, um, so we came up here, um, and it's literally a massive, great big exhibition hall with a with a stage and a big screen and lights and God knows what else at one end. And their control panel and switchboard at the other end. So, with the, so there was only about five, six of them. You know, we didn't get close to them, they didn't get close to us, of course, for social distancing. But yeah. we were able to, to, to change the format um, and broadcast that last live last night. And I think it was, it, I mean, it wasn't a dinner dance. You know, we weren't, we weren't able to get up there and, and smoochy and hug people, etc. But we delivered what I felt was the, the celebration and uh, you know, the opportunity to congratulate those women that have, have achieved some great things and yeah. you know that's something that you've got to, you know that doesn't stop there's they're still doing it so yeah. we can't well uncle covid's here we can't we yeah. you know, we can't do anything we, we just have to think outside the box and come up with something different no, I, I was going to say the problem that we have with the women in security is that the whole ethos of it is it's a celebration yeah and um trying to promote a celebration evening virtually was quite, was quite difficult yeah <laughs> but um but hopefully you know it, it came across everybody we we thought a lot of different tactics to try and um bring the party to people and yeah. hopefully it worked so well i think yeah. it's great that it was such a success i really do you know I, mean, I, I did wonder about the you know the finalists and how they would be feeling about you know doing it under such different circumstances but it was a roaring success so i'm absolutely delighted that brings me on to one of the other points is that I was so delighted that both of you um, brought something digital to the events market, the event security market um, over the, the last 12 months. You both did something, you both did something very different though. You both went in completely different directions. However, going back to some of the points that are made about being a delegate or being a speaker, the attention to detail was really, really important because uh, you both did that. You're obviously very well aware of the fact that you're not just competing with who's in the event room at that moment. In the working from home situation, you're competing with, you know, Amazon and the postman knocking on the door, Hermes deliveries, kids running around, you know, Netflix, everything else that's happening in the home environment. So you need to be that bit better, actually, to keep everyone's attention and keep the whole thing going. Well, Okay, before I do this, first of all, hats off. I really enjoyed the Professional Security Magazine uh, online event. It, you, you took it in directions I, I hadn't even imagined you should, like the on-demand section I thought was, was great, and, and, I, and I, love, I love the uh, Women in Security Awards. Um, I don't do awards myself, mainly because I am not qualified to award people. And, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm very careful. But in answer to your question, Ellie, uh, everyone is naked. Like, if you truly want to do a little bit of open source research on me, you can find out loads of stuff. I don't want to go and encourage you to do it, but <laughs> you, you, you can find out, um, am, am I, uh, uh, you know, backed by some multinational corporation? Uh, no, but you can find that out easy peasy. Um, 
So because of that, everything you do online is kind of raw and a little naked. Um, mm -hmm. look, at, look at the way uh, celebrities in general are a little bit not as celebrity-like as they were before COVID. Take away their post-production value and you, you start to say, uh, why were they a celebrity? And so uh, when we move to the virtual world, a lot of the big exhibition companies that thrive on fear of missing out and then they build the content later um, and then they build the audience after that, which is for, my, you know, for me and, and I'm sure for, 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 for you guys uh, the wrong way around. Yeah. Uh, authenticity was key. Now, I say all that as if it's some big pre-planned thing. In reality, it was a Sunday in March last year and I thought, oh dear, everything's going to pop for the entire year. And by the Wednesday or the Thursday, I had a bodyguard event with 166 bodyguards. Um, and and, it, and it, was, it was raw. It was rough. It was ready. It had teething problems. Um, it was on Zoom. Uh, nobody actually understood Zoom. Uh, and, 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 and I guess it, because content is king, right, and, and everything, yeah. if, you're, if, if people can sense that why you're doing something is genuine, uh, yeah. Then, then the uh, Kevin Costner build it and they will come. Field of Dreams mm -hmm. will work, mm -hmm. but otherwise, you saw a lot of bad examples of, you know, here, Ellie, come to my thing. I'm going to pitch you for three hours. It's going to be great. You're going to buy my product, and it doesn't work. I anyway. recognise that guy. <laughs> yeah. you, you, you know it. You know him, <laughs> yeah, don't you? We've met that one. <laughs> uh, you, you don't, don't want to buy anything. You don't want to buy anything from me. Why not? Because you're a market leader. Make yeah. three of them today already. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. For me, for me, everyone is like Hellboy, so whatever. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, very good. Excellent. So, um, what do you think, Ben? I mean, I'm just, let's have to do a little bit of horizon scanning. I mean, my feeling is that um, people aren't necessarily going to uh, rush back in droves to, um, you know, face-to-face events i agree which is you know, I, I i mean i think that there are going to be certain people like me for instance that like to be in the room with people i like to be in the room with people and um that's part of the enjoyment of an event is to is to have that uh have that buzz and have that human interaction and also i've enjoyed doing a lot of digital events it's it's not quite the same for me but no. i i've I don't know about you. I feel like um, the, so there are going to be some people that like me that are going to say, yeah, as soon as the doors are open, I want to go back to events. I want to get back to seeing people and, um, you know, being in their presence, having those conversations. Um, but I feel like maybe we might be looking at more of a hybrid future. Absolutely. Um, yeah. What, what do you guys think? Um, I, I get lots of emails and phone calls from um, manufacturers who would be exhibitors as well as people that come as delegates um, and lots of them are saying that they just are desperate to get back out because they miss the human contact they mm -hmm. miss the banter they miss the camaraderie of actually being together and I think that's just that you know we're we're very social creatures and and mm -hmm. that always needs to be there but I also speak to people who say that they're just not ready to come back out and I think that's where we're going to have to have some kind of digital content available post-event or during event. Mm -hmm. And people also need to be prepared that 
it isn't going to snap back immediately. So don't mm -hmm. expect to go to early events and see them buzzing and, you know, thronging with people. I think that that's, expectations need to be managed, I think, possibly. Because mm -hmm. yeah. companies, companies will not let their staff out. Even if individual con contractors Absolutely. will go, like I ran an event in Dubai uh, for Dubai World Trade Center uh, in December, and uh, I had a strategic decision. Should I send my member of staff, me, uh, to Dubai and wear PPE? I said, yes, I will. I'll take that decision, and I won't sue myself if I get uh, corona. Um, but but, 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 a, but a, a multinational organization will not let them do it. That's great. No, absolutely. Correct. They're, they're scared of you know, legal ramifications. I mean, we had from the very beginning, uh, back in March, uh, a number of major international companies saying to us, right, they've had a directive from, from up high saying no exhibitions until 2022. <laughs> and that was when we were looking at a, a three-month lockdown or six-week lockdown at the time and by Easter we would be out with this and it would be all, you know, but they'd already made that decision, nothing to 2022. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's... Uh, well, yeah, that sounds, that sounds about right. We, One of the other things that struck me... Sorry, Daryl, go on, Ryan. So we, well, it, back in October, we, we were looking at whether we could pull off our Heathrow event. Um, <laughs> so we went to the hotel and and walked around the hotel and came, spent several hours coming up with uh, with the the option to actually put on an event that would have been completely COVID free. It would have been completely safe for everybody, etc. But I still felt, well, okay, so we could do that, but who's going to come? So I did a survey using Facebook, um, and believe it or not, 99% of people on that survey said, look, Roy, I know you'd do it safe. I know it'd be secure. I, you know, I know I can trust you, but I don't want to come. So, yeah. so we knew that we could have probably done it, but we'd have pulled it off and it would have been just exhibitors standing sort of six, six metres away from each other going, hi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Waving at one another. Yeah, yeah. Have a virtual hug. So we pulled, yeah. we pulled the plug on it. And the ironical thing was, was that the hotel said, oh, I'm glad you pulled the plug on it. And I thought, well, you should just told us to pull the plug rather than yeah. still trying to sell us a room. But anyway, you know, so anyhow. And as it was, we were in lockdown anyway, so it wouldn't have been able to go ahead regardless. Oh, you so, wouldn't have, yeah. So, yeah. Mm, so people like you yeah. that said, yes, I want to get out there. When actually said, well, OK, so we can do this, do you? It was like, well, actually, I do want to, mm -hmm. but uh, no. Yeah, maybe not quite yet. No, you know. Yeah. So, exactly. Yeah, if I'm honest, yeah. So I think I mean, the, the sort of, we're hoping that we can kick back off in the, in the summertime, but but I wouldn't be at all surprised if it's going to be September before we get going again. But but anyway, let's see. <laughs> let's who, who knows? Who knows? I know that I definitely need to be going flooding back to an event. Um, as someone who's new to the industry, I need to get the experience, and I can't get that from home. Mm -hmm. or uh, from the office I need to interact with people who have the experience to share it with me so I can learn from them you know like I, I want to hope that the industry will improve I, I want to hope about hybrid elements and I will include them and I did do it in Dubai and it worked and whatever right I just think that the commercial companies will come back with a vengeance there's a yeah, lot well, of well, yeah. there's, there, there, there's a lot of um, investor capital um, into some of the bigger companies. There's a lot of bigger companies in search of a buyer now, which means they're not going to get a buyer. They're going to get another hedge fund. 
And those hedge funds are not concerned about really quality or profit even. They're concerned about growth that they can sell derivatives off the back of it. And I think we know what we're talking about. I'm just not mentioning names. Yes. Um, and, 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 and some of them have told the big expo companies, just survive and I'll keep funding you because I'm still making money. And, and, and I guess this is just a big crescendo of me saying I want the industry to improve. But the fear of missing out model is such a strong and primal human model that, 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 they, that it will come back. I just hope that we have taken our audience on enough of a journey that it's to keep the momentum. And yeah. you, you know what? If, if this big beer moth, uh, of an event out there lays on a massive drinks reception, I'm up for that. And I'm sure that everyone's up for that, right? Absolutely. But... I and, don't drink, actually. Well, yeah, right. do you know, do you know, that's funny. That is funny because I don't drink either, and I, 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 I extol the virtues of exactly. I extol the virtues of receptions, and I'm drinking these. Uh, I'm just very social. I have tonic waters with a straw, and everyone yeah. thinks it's a gin and tonic. But I have tonic waters with a gin. <laughs> ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> anyway. Oh my goodness. Oh dear, oh dear. Hey, what do you think is going to change about, um, I was reading uh, last week about um, a kind of exodus from London. And I mean, I know, uh, Roy and Liz, you've always been quite regional. You've always done a lot of regional events. You've not been you know, totally London focused. So that's, that's probably going to play to your strengths, I would imagine, when we come back, because I know yeah. a lot of people have, have moved out of London if they're like white collar and they don't they don't have to uh, go into their workplace they're choosing to live elsewhere that's a bit cheaper and they can they, uh, sort of enhance their quality of life and they're not spending as much so that's obviously that's going to have an impact on where people choose to go to the events what does everyone think about that well no I, I, I agree in fact we we took the decision seven years ago whenever it was eight, eight years, years ago eight years eight ago years when we ago. started running them that um, that we would bring the show to you rather than expect you to come all the way into London. The, the other issue with London is that it's too easy to go to your office first and then I'll go to the show and then actually, oh, I didn't make it because I got tied up with phone calls, etc. So, so, um, so yeah, I think, um, I think that, you know, our regional shows and I, I think smaller regional shows will be more successful than the massive big ones. You know, I think the massive big ones, there's a bigger risk because there's ma many, many more people there. Um, and I think that, you know, it involves traveling and, of course, it involves quarantine or whatever it may be. If you come Certainly in from the overseas. So, um, so I think, um, I, you know, our intention is to continue to, to travel the country with, with the roadshow and uh, mm -hmm. uh, deliver the same sort of uh, capacity that we could before. We, we may have to do a bit of um, creative thinking on things yeah. like the charity dinner, you know, it's, mm. which is sad because obviously mm -hmm. we've lost a whole year of fundraising. Um, but but we'll, yeah, we'll just, um, we'll get creative. If there's anything we're good at, it's getting creative. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> what about you, Pelham? What do you think? I want to be someone that always has an answer, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, like, I... London's a funny one, because you're right. Um... I, I do see a vision of suburbia around the country being the place to be. Uh, and the middle of London 
I mean, growing up in in the, in the very middle of London, our tube station wasn't open on the weekend, right? It gives you an. A, I think we might go back to that kind of uh, atmosphere. Um, but regionally, it's funny because I I do a lot in the states and 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 around Europe, and I'm doing something in Australia. But anyway, the the thing is, um, regionally in the states it works. If I did something in New York, I will attract a big enough audience. If I do something in Denver, like next week, I, I, I'll, I'll have a big enough audience. But, but then I'm reflecting on the fact that actually each state in America is a country with its mm -hmm. own language and, and, own, own, and own laws and own society. And, 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 and I, I don't know. I think London is a pickle. And the fact that so many nice things are happening in Birmingham again, I think is a testament to how much people enjoy that, especially in the channel uh, community. So maybe we'll have to use London as more of a playground and say, right, uh, it's uh, it's it's drinks and a live band and the the musical cats or whatever. I don't know. It, may, may, this is me thinking on the fly, but but I think we're going to have to think long and hard about London as a destination and and why they are there. It, it's going to have okay. to be exciting, I think. Okay. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, I think there's, um, there's, there's, there's so many moving parts, uh, so much to think about, so much to consider. And again, uh, as a delegate or as a speaker, I'm going to be thinking very carefully about whether I want to go to London. It's going to have to be something that's quite special um, for the next, you know, from when we open up probably for a couple of years before I start to think, yeah, this is special enough. This is important enough. This is, you know, valuable enough delegate to me to consider um heading back into the capital because uh, i really don't want to at the moment so you won't be alone there, there we go. that's the problem everybody yeah. there's a lot of people that will, that will share that opinion yeah and mm. that's that is going to be the problem to be fair you know but um so yeah so so let's take it to you rather than you come to us yeah best creative hats on then guys well, I'm going to round it up there. I just want to say a big, massive thank you to um, all three of you. It's been so nice to see you again. I've missed you all so much. We've and, missed you too, uh, Billy. Just fantastic to talk to you. Just finish off all three of you by telling me about nice things that you've got planned coming up. Well, we've got we've got um, we've got a party tonight. We've got 150 people coming into Liz's room, and, um, uh, and uh, we've just got to nip down to Tesco's and fill the yeah. car up with drink, and uh, you know, the party at the Belgrade. Apparently, there's some um, Premiership footballers here as well. So, which seems fantastic. to excite Liz, but I don't know. I have no it. idea who they are, but hey, okay, Southampton. <laughs> I didn't even know Southampton had a football team, but there you go. So let's go to show <laughs> now, you. Now he's just upset Mike White now. Let's so, just go to yeah. show you my level of football <laughs> knowledge. So, uh, which is zilch. So um, uh, I was been watching Mike. out for the interactions on Twitter after that from Michael. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, definitely. Right, yeah. He's not happy. Um, I'm just gonna say, Palam, is there anything we can do to help you and support you in in your ventures forward, mate? Just give us a shout. We're obviously there to help. Absolutely. Um, yeah. No. Well, that 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 that'd be awesome. You know. Um, because hopefully I could cross pollinate some areas that, I mean, it, it's, I don't know, you're, 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 you're the big, you're the big guys, right? So, but, but, but hopefully I could help cross pollinate some stuff for you as well. Uh, I, 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 I have a, a couple of hats. Uh, one hat is uh, part uh, head of the circuit magazine for bodyguards. 
so so yeah. that's an interesting hat. Uh, the British Bodyguard Association, that's another hat. Um, I'm running a play secure uh, conference looking at uh, gamification and playing to help people learn about security. Um, and then I, I've got all the uh, UK and American stuff. Um, I guess what I'm hoping to do is just make people feel more welcome and find more ways to make them feel welcome. And safe. Yeah. Oh, no, online, online, yeah, on, oh, safe yeah, online. Yeah. Um, yeah. uh, but fun fact, fun fact, I know this is uh, regressing, but fun fact, when we started the virtual events in March and April, yeah. I believe the amount of weird comments online about how I'm putting people in mortal danger. Well, and it, yeah. Even though oh, everywhere yeah. the word virtual and online was everywhere, all over the event, online format, virtual events, uh, digital format, blah, 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 people would say, how dare you put this on, you're going to kill people. It wasn't, anyway. it wasn't from Uncle COVID. It was from the radiation off the screen of their computer. That's what it was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Ellie, thank you very much. And, oh, uh, thank you for coming work. along, everybody. Lovely oh, to catch up, Brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant, you. brilliant to see you. Thanks again, guys. Thank you. Take care. Thanks. So my sincere thanks to Olivia Lawler Blackburn, Liz Lloyd, Roy Cooper and Pelham Rowe. I'm really looking forward to getting out to some events again and maybe even meeting some of you guys. But thanks for listening and don't forget to have a listen to some of our other podcasts that you can find on the website as well as on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts if you like to subscribe. Thanks very much. Thank you.